Wonder Woman. All the world is waiting for you. Cause your sequel is overdue. It was supposed to come out in June. But now we're singing this tune. About a slayed by rich buffoons. Seriously? Yes. I, I, but th- Sorry. You were clapping towards the, uh, very close to the mic. So oh. it was like, All sorry, right. you're good. Uh-huh. Uh, Hey everybody, welcome to another session, uh, whoever still has their hearing left, uh, <laughs> welcome to another session of Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I am Eric Turpel. I'm Melissa Leach, eating olives. And off in the background is Maya Taylor. Eating chocolate. Hey. Uh, by the way, uh, check out her YouTube channel, uh, well, you yes, wanna film- please, houseplants, orchids, and more. Please. Thank you. Otherwise, plants hate you. And follow me on uh, <laughs> Instagram <laughs> at Al Plants Organs and More. <laughs> uh, I, oh. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Wonder Woman. Um, definitely holds a lot of importance, not just film-wise, but even with the history of like DC films in general. Wonder Woman's been one of the most famous uh, characters in the, ever since like the 1930s with her comic by Charles Moulton, uh, a.k.a. William Marston. Um, which, by the way, uh, if you want to go into more detail about the man and uh, the creation of Wonder Woman, uh, I would highly recommend checking out the uh, biopic uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. This figures it would be a man who, t- who wrote, created this series. Funny when you actually get into the movie and uh, the inspiration behind it, it's like it's a weird, fascinating story. You find out that a lot of bondage inspired Wonder Woman's creation from a polyamorous relationship. You know, I was also gonna actually jokingly say, what was it? Bred from wanting to masturbate to sexual fantasies. Yes, and uh, also he created the lie detector too. Got two accomplishments going for himself. Dear God. (laughs) I, I was going to say three, but I didn't want to make a threesome joke. Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall, Bella Heathcote, uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, directed by Angela Robinson. Uh, she also wrote the script, so... Huh? Do you want some chocolate? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm good, thanks. You can't say we're not generous tonight. <laughs> But yeah, okay, uh, so we're wondering what was going on. My mom was offering him some of the chocolate that she was eating. There's a lot of fascinating stuff to learn behind the creation of Wonder Woman, and um, I feel like her best introduction for a lot of fans, uh, for me at least, was in the Justice League cartoon by Bruce Tim. I feel like that was a good strong point to get introduced to. Uh, as for the film, well, first off, let me ask you, what was your introduction to the character of Wonder Woman? Just the character in general? Yeah. You're gonna laugh when I say this. Well, it depends. The movie Shell of Hell. Really? Apparently, when, when that, that scene where he's asking his friend who, who's the most beautiful woman in the world, and he says Wonder Woman. I had no idea <laughs> until I, heard, I was like, <laughs> looked it up, and I was like, oh, holy shit, there's a comic book character that's female that's not Catwoman? Holy! <laughs> <laughs> Prior to that, I had seen pictures 
like Halloween store um, things and and like um, Party City and stuff like that, but I never really knew who she was until I think it was it was uh, mentioned on Shadow Hal, and as soon as I looked up, it was like Hollywood stars who had played her. And that was just the character itself, and, I, and even then, I still didn't actually know. I, obviously, now I know more about her uh, through this movie, but... Um, Wonder Woman was one of those films that took the longest in terms of uh, production hell to like actually get started. Because mm-hmm. there were definitely a lot of attempts by Warner Brothers to try and get Wonder Woman uh, on the big screen next, because that definitely made the most logical sense. One of the original plans that I read up about was how, like, back in the early uh, mid-90s, Ivan Reitman, the guy who directed Ghostbusters and Kindergarten Cop, was slated to direct it. I can probably tell you that uh, his film probably would have been, like, what his actual film, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, ended up being. It's always fascinating to find films like that that were originally going to be, like, comic book movies, but then it's, like, were taken to, like, use for, like, influence in another film. Like, uh, Sam Raimi, for example, is another one where... uh, he was supposed to direct a film called uh, The Shadow, but what ended up happening is they fired him and uh, he decided to use his ideas for the Liam Neeson starring film Darkman. The next attempt was in the mid 90s, uh, the mid 2000s, excuse me, with Joss Whedon, creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, or actually uh, before that, there was also rumors that uh, Lucy Lawless from Xena Warrior Princess was interested in playing it, and same thing with Joss Whedon's film, it's like, because uh, I think this was also around the time Serenity came out, the film based on Firefly, after that tank did uh, ended up not going through, but he actually ended up revealing that uh, his initial casting for Wonder Woman was going to be Angelina Jolie. Well, one of the other names that I heard uh, that was going around by, like, the late 90s, early 2000s was that Sandra Bullock was being considered. Wasn't Alyssa Milano also considered for the part of Wonder Woman at one point? She might have been. If she was, that definitely would have been a different take. Things finally started to get on track when uh, Batman vs. Superman comes out and Gal Gadot ends up uh, taking on the mantle of Wonder Woman. Say what you will about Batman vs. Superman, it's like, easily the thing that people came out saying is that, hey, Wonder Woman was cool to see. Lo and behold, that got Warner Brothers to say, like, okay, if we're gonna introduce Wonder Woman in this movie, we need the next film to be her solo film. It's like, we need to get that out finally going. (laughs) Enter Patty Jenkins. Uh, Funny enough, this was actually her second major feature film after the Charlize Theron film Monster, based on Aileen Woodley, the uh, uh, murderer. I I don't know, to to see someone go from like a a sort of a low ground indie film to suddenly go from like a big blockbuster, it's like, I've noticed that there have been studios that have done that before in some cases, so it's like, this got me a little bit nervous, uh, depending on where Patty Jenkins was going to lean. It was actually Maya's one of, and I know some people may hate me for saying this, but it was actually Maya's one of the better shot and film superhero uh, movies in my eyes. So I don't actually, I thought I thought it was honestly really really well done. So I mean, honestly, I don't think it was a bad it was a bad choice on her part. So you feel like this was a good introduction to Patty Jenkins as a director so oh, far? Oh, definitely. Um, because in all honesty, this movie made and directed by a female, I was like. Heck yes, she actually is one female director I'd be based on this Wonder Woman alone that I've always remembered. 
I definitely think that this was a definite, a definite good career choice for her. People have argued that Whedon can write strong, good female leads uh, in some uh, with like Buffy and so forth, but that has been debated depending on who he's working with. Oh, and I don't think it's just connecting to the characters that are written. I also think it's it's connecting to also not understanding women. Exactly, it, it's connecting to that that part of of that that gender. Um, it's obviously, as a lot of people are aware, especially with the way the character of Wonder Woman is, with her compassion, her empathy, her, her nurturing, um, and just mm-hmm. all these qualities of loving humanity, and, and coming from a place of love and emotion, a lot of that is uh, widely known to be very female and feminine traits, and it's, I imagine... Unless you're a man who's very, very in touch with your feminine side, or you're you're very in touch with with your emotions, or you've taken psychology class, or what have you, I do think it it is difficult for a man to connect to that gender, and properly convey those emotions that usually are feminine qualities. Not that I don't think a man can. It's just I think. With certain shows or certain genres and storylines like that, when it's supposed to be, depending on the character, the storyline, all that stuff, I think there are certain times when it does have to be written by a woman and a woman's perspective in order to connect to the character, the story, the the elements of the personality, and stuff like that. So, rewatching the film, it's like uh, even though this mostly does have uh, male writers attached to it, including Zack Snyder, who we'll get to. Uh, it's not so much just the matter of, like, whether or not it's the rules of being a man or a woman. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's also just, like, just how, like, society has looked upon, like, everybody. It's, like, I have to give credit to the writers, and especially Patty Jenkins for doing, is that they definitely make it known that Wonder Woman isn't just for just fighting for women. She's like fighting for people in general, mm-hmm. and especially with that conversation that she has with uh, I forget what that guy's name. Uh, the guy who wants to be an actor. It's like that mm. when he's when they're having that conversation. It's like it, it really grips you that it's like it's like well there can be like simple struggles that can be between two different sides. It's like you realize that there are more deeper inner struggles going on between different factions of like you know mankind itself Mm -hmm. i think this movie definitely accomplished definitely obviously female empowerment that it is possible for women to fight that's not obviously just a man's role a a woman can can fight just as uh, just as well as a man can however it's like said female empowerment that confidence to to be able to protect yourself Mm -hmm. which obviously she does uh, this character is very capable of doing, obviously. Also, like I said, it's not, like you said, it's not just about protecting or loving women. It's protecting and loving society, no regardless of your gender, race, ethnicity, yeah. age, whatever. You know, it's, it's about protecting everyone. And also uh, kind of learning to accept that, mm-hmm. you know, you're not always going to find this one solution that'll like fix everything and it's mm-hmm. like that's something that i also noticed when re-watching the film is that you know with how invincible they kind of do make diana in some cases uh, aside from the fight with Ares, i mean they do have some moments where she is still struggling like uh during the no man's land scene where it's like you know she's like practically kneeling holding on all those machine guns but at the same time at the near the end of the climax where it's like she's determined on killing Ares, this like one set goal thinking that fix that'll fix everything and like you know just to 
have that moment of like just learning to accept that you know this is who humanity is and it's like this is something i had to accept that i feel like that's the real conflict that diane is really struggling with i'd say that that actually is also a turning point for a lot of people because there's so many people out there who have that mentality of if i just do this it'll get better if i just have that it'll get better if, if if i only had this or had that it's that mentality of I just need to get this and it'll all be okay. And Or even how Steve Trevor puts it, it's like, I wish I could blame one person. Basically, but it's... it's Because you're kind of reminding me of... Um, I was watching an interview with, with Dak Shepard one time and he was mentioning how that, that a lot of people have that mentality because he said he struggled with, I think, a, a drug addiction for years. And he said every single thing that he had in his mind that he thought he needed to have in order to be happy, he said he had all of it. He had the career... He had the money, he had everything, but he said he still wasn't happy. He said it, it, it ultimately came to his mind that, oh, I have to accept the fact that maybe what I thought was the answer isn't the answer. Maybe I actually have to accept the fact that there's something else that I have to realize. And I think that's kind of the same thing along with this film is it's sometimes what we're thinking is the answer is not actually the answer. It's not actually going to be that pill that makes everything go away or makes everything better. In my eyes, a really, really important lesson for people is that just because you think that you're going to obtain something doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring you happiness or that it's going to fix the problem. I thought Gal Gadot did a fantastic job in portraying that that sense of themes in uh, Diana perfectly. Despite the controversy around her, yes, I, I do. Def- I definitely think that her her portrayal of this character was definitely spot on and definitely well played. It's definitely a different take as opposed to like Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, which everybody recognizes. Uh, but yeah, even the scene where it's like uh, she's like kind of like talking with like uh, Steve's secretary at one point, and uh, you know she's kind of making that jab of like. What is a secretary? And she basically says, like, so you're a slave. And I'm like... And she's like, yeah, where I call that slavery. I'm like, <laughs> technically that's not wrong. I mean, in a sense. Diana I, was ahead of the curve system. Oh, yeah. I was like, that, that technically is, isn't wrong. I mean, even though some people would obviously very much disagree with that. But I'm like, in a sense, yes. That's mm-hmm. that's probably what it is. Because, like, even when you hear about how, like, she even had to do some of the scenes while pregnant, it's like, she showed... Hearing about that definitely shows, like, she had determination to, like, make this role work to her best advantage and require, like, every ounce of her efforts. She already kind of had that discipline when it came to exercise and, and getting fitness and getting in shape and stuff like that. Um, but she also, education and, and experience with, because I think she fought in, like, the Israeli army or something like that. She already kind of had that experience with what it meant to fight in war. Um, so a lot of what her character was based on was also coming from personal experience and her being able to get in touch with it emotionally and mentally. It wasn't necessarily forced. She already was able to draw upon her experiences and stuff like that and actually use it towards the character. One thing I definitely have to say about, about this film is not only the acting, but even with the cinematography, I'm not gonna lie to you, I kind of, this is gonna probably sound weird, I kind of forgot how beautiful this film was. Because from from the beginning of it to the very end, I was just like, my god, this is really gorgeous film, both like cinematography-wise with lighting, the color, just like everything. I was like, I just, I really did forget just how beautiful it was. Yeah, and uh, especially when you have the mindset of like, oh, this is supposed to be a DC extended universe mm-hmm. movie. Let's face it, it's like if you've seen a Zack Snyder film, it's like you know it's going to be like really dark, dreary, moody. 
Very much so, like uh, Watchmen or Man of Steel or Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I like I like Man of Steel and Watchmen. Uh, fine, uh, Sucker Punch. Ugh. But even with the stuff that I do like from Zack Snyder, it's like, uh, I can definitely tell it's like, had someone like come in to like say like, okay, maybe the color scheme needs to be a little bit more brighter, considering in some cases like Batman vs Superman to help him stand out a little bit more, as opposed to like having everything be dark colored. It's like, Patty Jenkins opted to like, you know, make this as a lot, a lot of, a lot of the action scenes take place in daylight too. Mm-hmm. Not just with the cinematography and lighting, but just also with the acting, the storyline, it's just, and even the message behind it, it's like, this is probably one of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. Except between the storyline, the plot, um, and even just, like, the female empowerment, I mean, just the beginning scenes alone, when you're seeing all those Amazon fighting each other, and it's, it's, it's several women mm-hmm. empowered, showing strength, showing courage, and I'm like, damn, this is a beautiful film. Just, just from that alone, just from that, that strength and that courage and that bravery that these mm-hmm. women are, are invoking to, to learn how to fight and protect themselves in their their yeah island i'm like this i i was like i really had to give who's i'm like man this is this is just a gorgeous film yeah and uh i also love the both literally and figuratively <clears throat> speaking yeah and especially with the conflict with the between the general and the diana's mother it's mm-hmm. like the that worrying of like whether or not she should be trained for something that may not come at all it's like still the general's precision on like you know just in case like you never know when Mm -hmm. the worst is gonna occur uh especially in her case when she ends up you know biting the bullet literally that that does bring me to some of the the one thing that does the only uh, the only complaints i do have with the editing is with the beginning and the ending it's like i feel like the whole 21st century it's like i felt like that could have been entirely been saved for the, like the uh the ending of the i film. actually agree with you on that i didn't like the way that this film completely started i i it bothered me yeah i mean i get it i know it's to like uh give a continuation of like you know batman versus superman because that film came out first but for me if it's a prequel just tell it as its own story it's mm-hmm. like don't try to remind people of like okay we're in this part of the timeline so if we'll do this scene to like make sure we don't have people confused you know, I actually didn't Marvel... even know about that film. I didn't even know about any of what you're talking about until now. And literally in my eyes, I was actually wondering why they started this movie like that. But I thought maybe it was just a, a weird like continuation of the ending of the film. Because obviously the, fairy be- the way this film starts is literally a-, a clip from the end of the film. I just thought it was a weird editing choice. But I'm like, to me, I literally saw this from the movie from the very beginning as its own film so because that also brings up another complaint i have with it is that when you have a clip that shows like the main character at the end of the film uh already alive it's like it kind of takes away the tension of like you know they're not gonna make it it? yeah and i do get it it's like we we get it it's supposed to be like a prequel to bbs but it's like regardless of whether or not bbs came out it's like it should still like bring on some of that tension of like you know a character in peril like even with uh even with some of the marvel films it's like even though i know some of them are probably going to be alive for like the next upcoming sequel it's like okay prime example uh spider-man and uh avengers infinity war it's like even though sony had already made the announcement that spider-man was going to get another sequel after the next avengers film Mm -hmm. the scene in which you know we see spider-man die and in infinity war is like is still tough to grasp because it's like it's like you didn't you didn't expect that but it's like still i'll take your word for it i've never actually seen the movie so i'll take your word for it (laughs) oh god i think i feel like it just left a major spoiler bob for 
<laughs> I'm just like, yep. Smile and nod. Just smile and nod. Yes. Like I completely understand I, what you're saying. I feel like Lydia. I feel like that one guest teacher brought in that collab class who spoiled Infinity War to the class. Like, oh yeah, and also alternate timelines. Like, what the fuck? You just spoiled the end of the movie. And this right. was like two weeks before Infinity War uh, was coming out. There were all, like you, like you said, there are certain things about that that bothered me. But I mean. The, the the editing was probably the only thing that really like hit a nerve. So I'm like, mm-hmm. why? It just it it seemed like weird editing to me. Just a weird place for that first. I just I kind of feel like they could have easily taken that out and yeah. just started it without that scene entirely. David Thewlis is uh, going into spoilers. Uh, David Thewlis is uh, Aries in the film. It's like, well, it's good casting. Um, I gotta admit, some of his dialogue definitely got annoying. It's like, I, I felt like it would have been a little bit easier to, like, nix it, because it feels like he's describing what we're supposed to, what we're watching on screen. Like, that whole thing about, like, uh, describing humanity as, like, the worst, and, like, that moment where she almost uh, kill, uh, kills Dr. Poison. I felt like those sequences would have been a lot easier to stomach had they not had that uh, dialogue over it. Admittedly, his dialogue, I didn't mind so much. Um, despite the fact that I liked him in Harry Potter, I'm not entirely sure I actually liked him as a character of Ares, to be honest with you. Yeah, and that's, and that's I, completely I, just. I actually think that, I, just, I don't know, his his character in my eyes just, I don't, I don't know if... if um, I feel like there was a, a, a possibly a better choice in, in who could have played Ares. I'm not sure if he was... You scream bad werewolf to me, but you don't scream god of war Ares to me. You don't really scream god of war to me. Well, he does try to admit, I'm not the god of war, I'm the god of truth. I mean, Ralph Fiena screamed more god of war than this guy did. He played freaking Voldemort for crying out loud. He was damn good at playing a villain. That's true, but I think he's Hades. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think Alan Rickman probably could have played that character better than he could, in my eyes. That did, now I'm sad, because now I'm thinking that would have been amazing. Because <laughs> I just, I don't know, I, like I said, I loved him as playing a werewolf. I think he played a really, really great werewolf in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But when it came to playing, I don't know, it wasn't a complete match in my head, because there was something missing in my eyes. Alan Rickman probably could have done that because he's got that, at least mm-hmm. had, R.I.P. Alan Rickman, but, I mean, he had that kind of quality to him that he probably could have easily portrayed that character, like I said, or Ralph Fiennes, um, or even the guy who played, I, why is that every guy I'm thinking of is all from Harry Potter? <laughs> or the guy who played Sirius Black. Yeah, Gary exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm thinking, but like, like I said, it's, just, it's these different... I could probably see Gary Oldman in this. But, you know, it, it's just... Which which does make sense, because he was Commissioner Gordon in the, in the Dark Knight trilogy. Or possibly even um, Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa? Yeah. Maybe even him, possibly. Yeah, but he's already commanding oh. fish in this world. Well, it's just, it, like I said, it's just, I don't know, for some reason, it just, like I said, the, the character, the, this character who played him, it just, mm-hmm. it just, I think it could have been better casting with him, because he just, he didn't scream... Well, for me, I don't think it was a problem with the casting. I think it was a more of a problem with how the character was written. Because, in all honesty, 
had that whole final fight with Ares, it's like, I get that they needed to have that. Thematically, when you're looking over the film as a whole, when you're trying to sell this theme of, like, we can't always blame one entity on everything. The guy who played, um, Drake, or not Drago Malfoy, his father, Lucius. Oh, and Jason, Jason Isaacs? She, she would have been a much better god of war, in my opinion, than, than... Why is it that everyone I'm thinking of is from Harry goddamn Potter? <laughs> because Harry Potter only allowed British people in their movies, <laughs> and British people are the best at playing villains. It's just, like I said, it's just... It, it, really? Yes. I mean, they're pretty good, yes. They're pretty good. They made a commercial about it. Really? really? Yeah, with uh, Tom Hiddleston, Ben Kingsley, and Ray Fides, I believe. <gasps> Oh, Ray, that's how, sorry, I'm butchering the guy's last name, I'm sorry. That's, Keep saying it's okay. Ray Fiennes, that's not what his name is, people, it's Ray Fiennes, sorry. Or, uh, Ralph Fiennes, but yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just, all these characters, I'm like, even he could have played a much better god of war than, Sorry, David, off. sorry, David Thulis, you're, I mean, I love the guy. We love I you, love David, his, we love you. I, I love his acting, it's just, it just, it doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I feel like it would have made a little bit more sense if, uh, at least for what, what how the film was progressing, to like it, it would have made more sense like had it like just like Ares wasn't really there the whole time and it, it was just like Diane just decides to like give Steve cover as he does like the major sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that would have made a little bit more sense, but you know, being a superhero film, you gotta have like the big climax. Although one thing I I, I do I loved in this was their take on the animated films with, with discussing the history define, uh, with with God of War, Ares, what happened, and all that stuff. I loved the animation. It's, yeah, I, I, just, I loved... That That was one of the things about this that I absolutely adored, was, was, was the animation in this, in this film, to go back and, and describe the, the backstory. Her costume, I just... I, I, I loved her. I loved her. Even the suit and jumpsuit. I loved it. Okay. Jumpsuit? Yeah, the, that black jumpsuit that they had her wearing to, cut, to, to make her she had clothes on because she was wanting to uncover and they were in that little, she was in that little dress and so the secretary got, made her get, Oh, in the um, shop? Yeah. And she oh, okay. came out and I, I think she that. was already wearing the armor. Like, is that what No, I like, know, but she it was um, covered in, um, she was oh, wearing that, a, 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 that, that robe. That, yeah, that black robe or that black like business jacket. I even loved that. And pairing it with glasses, it's cute. Oh, now I see. Yeah, <laughs> now I see. Now I can picture what you're saying. Yeah, it, I just that that entire hour, I was just like, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will admit, if it hadn't been for for Professor Connor Hooper showing me this, um, Wonder Woman actually, this is literally how it was introduced to Wonder Woman because they they he showed the trailer and I was like, and mind you, it didn't even show the the, the Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman. It just showed the island. I was like. Well, this is really pretty. <laughs> Literally, all I thought was, well, this is pretty. Then all of a sudden, it showed the other... I was like, yeah, I need to see that. I, I need to see that. And then I think after that, he showed... Um, another movie that I actually really need to see, I haven't seen yet, is called uh, Split. Oh, we will do that one. You would love Split. <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to see that movie, and... Haven't yet, I, and everyone I know has freaking seen it, which is pissing me off, since I am a massive fan of James uh, McAvoy, but it just, yeah. I, I, I need to see that, and I probably need to see the, the, the sequel to it, but yeah, the, the, the first movie I really need to see, 
I think uh, bef- uh, even uh, like when we get around to that, you should also watch Unbreakable, because then that connects later to Gla- uh, Glass, the follow-up. It's a whole trilogy. It's kind of fascinating. Interesting. All right. But yeah, um, two was because he just got bored and he's like, y'all want to see some movie trailers? Some people were like, hell yeah. And I was just like, I don't really give a shit. Just go ahead. And then that, yeah, this was one of the movies that mom and I went to and I shit you not people, I was crying throughout, I want to say like the first five, ten minutes of this film in the theater. I was like, I've never... The very first film I actually qu- cried through Sorry. was the film um, uh, Les Mis. Literally cried uh, through that, but it was during a particular scene that I cried through that movie. This, however, I was crying quite a lot throughout. Even th- from the beginning to the, the fight scenes in, in the middle with, in No Man's Land, and then near the end I was like, I can't stop crying! So yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those things. It was a very, very emotional, tear-jerking moment for me, beginning to end. It was a little bit embarrassing. What you probably don't notice is the seat behind you guys, Connor, just holding a handful of onions under your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it would have been funny if that was the case. Like, why are you crying so much? It's so beautiful! There's onions! (laughs) Just... (laughs) What, onions don't make you cry? Yeah. (laughs) Not anymore. Actually, I was about to say, eh, they make me tear up a little bit, but not as much as this movie did. Well, there's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I didn't start strong enough. But yeah, you just need this movie to make you cry every so often. <laughs> yeah. Uh... O- over, over, overall, this is my favorite comic book movie I've ever watched. Because it, it also helps the fact that I have an affinity for strong women, so... I come from a long line of them, so whenever I see, I'm like, hell yeah, girl, kick his ass! Girl power, 100%, I'm with you. Talk to me if you need help. Yeah, it makes you empowering. I yes. love I love strong women, what do you want from me? I guess that's Damn like it. said. I, I yeah, I love strong long, women too. I, lo- I come from a long line of them, so whenever I see f- women and female power, I'm like, hell yes, girl, come on, let's get this. Get it! You know, watching it again, it's like, I can adjust that it's like, it's not one of my personal favorites, but it's one of those that I can definitely say is one in the top five most highly, uh, comic book films that I have the highest respect for. This and Black Panther, uh... One thing I do appreciate is the fact that that movie definitely, um, shone a light on very, very impressive black talent in the industry. Right. And now people are paying more attention to it, obviously, which is great, but, yeah, I think the problem, actually, one of the problems with, with uh, one of the biggest pro- problems with Black Panther, I don't know if this happens to you, but it, it's happened at least three t- different times to me. Whenever I'm hearing someone rave about a movie so freaking much, I end up putting it on this high pedestal to impress me. And then going in, when you actually, because you have all these expectations, you're going in with all of this and... This is what everyone was raving about. That's happened quite a few times. One of them actually happened with Star Trek, the, the first film. Everyone was raving about it. Every I think it, it came out, I think, when I was at uh, CSN. Everyone who saw it completely raving about it was like, oh my god, it needs to win all these awards. It's, it's da-da-da. And they just they kept putting it on a high-ass pedestal. So I went to go see it with my dad's family. When you when you say the first film, you mean like the 2009 first film or the... With, with Chris Pine and Zachary uh, Quinto. And mind you, it took 
waiting a couple years and rewatching it after the, the expectations lowered mm-hmm. to make me, I was like, okay, this film isn't as bad as I first. It's just when you have all those expectations, because the same thing happened with Hunger Games. Because everyone was, was the book came out, everyone was raving about it. Like, oh my God, it's the best book I've ever read, blah, blah, blah. I read it and mm-hmm. three, four chapters in, I was like, this is it? This is all everyone's right. Like, seriously? Yeah, it's, uh, I kind of... That was what, what happened with Black Panther to me. Everyone was watching. Everyone was raving about it. I, I put on this high pedestal to impress yeah, me. That's... And then saw it and I was like, eh, eh. Yeah, that's, th- that's why I try to keep my expectations as moderately as possible. Even for the stuff that I am excited for. Mm-hmm. It's like, just expect it good at the very least. Mm-hmm. If you can go with that, then you at least accomplish something in your day. <laughs> Sometimes, although it's it's very difficult when everyone's, when it's like the talk of the town. People, this is one of the reasons why you want to avoid college. (laughs) Joke. Okay. Don't avoid college, but like, be careful because that can happen in college. Research your professors. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Don't, don't talk about. Learn about your schools beforehand. Don't, don't, don't talk about entertainment at, at school campuses. It might ruin your experience going to them. Especially if it's part of your major. Exactly. Exactly. Because trust me, you deal with the saltiest of bitches. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. I think that's as far as I'll go on that comment. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that. So overall, final thoughts. Overall, a massive thumbs up. Aside from a couple of things, like I said, with the editing and, and the casting with one character, I, I truly loved this film. And every time I watch it, I just I continue to love it. Yeah, thumbs up for me as well. Uh, uh, e- even though it's not my favorite of the DCEU, for still being a stepping stone of being like the first like universally praised of the DCEU, considering it's like, I think this was the first one to actually get a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, like, because, like, even Man of Steel was, like, in, like, the 50s range uh, when it came out. So, I think, yeah, I think Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam are the only ones that have actually gotten positive praise in terms of films in the DCEU. Um, Although, I think Birds of Prey might have gotten a positive praise as well, but I'd need to rewatch that. I know a lot of people have mentioned, like, Rotten Tomatoes when it comes to, like, film criticism, but I don't know. There's a lot of movies that I've actually watched that I personally like that I think Rotten Tomatoes has not had the best ratings for so yeah a lot of people mistake that as like that's what the website thinks of the overall movie itself but it's like it's it's more of a matter of like these are the percentage of critics that have reviewed it that do either like it or don't like it Mm. so i think they do have like a little spot of like they give like the average score so it's like I, i do try to keep an eye out for that but yeah this is the one that where it's like uh this was the first one where people were like okay this is actually this is actually good like I said, it's just, it's such a, it, I know I've said this kind of so many times, but it's just such a beautiful film. Oh, all. yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, I definitely would recommend this to anyone. And mind you, this is one movie that you can honestly de- definitely watch regardless of gender or, or anything like that, so. Same here. I think, I, I think any, any man or woman could, could honestly enjoy this film, especially at any age. And if you're not, go back to go back to whatever crap you're watching on Netflix, <laughs> or Hulu, <laughs> or cable, 
Oh yeah. Not oh, really. Oh, oh yeah. There's a bunch of shit yeah. on cable. You know what? That's that's actually a pretty good point. It's like if you are really watching cable still, it's like that's the bottom line for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> uh, but with that said, uh, hopefully the sequel should have been released in theaters instead of Tenet. I'm gonna say that out loud, and I will say it as many times as possible. So yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And until next time, I'm Eric Trebell. I'm Will Leach. And this has been Thumbs Up or Down. You decide. And uh, we decide. We'll see you later. Bye.